Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode... Totally fine. Yeah. Absolutely roasting as Fab, because it's cold down here, but... I'm totally fine. Are you okay? I'm grand. Good, because I'm like... Always roasting. roasting. <laughs> I think it's all the hair. Yeah. I'm getting that as well, I know. <laughs> well, I am here with Rebecca Coyle of Love and Scholar. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. This is like so cool. It's like the coolest place ever. Oh, I don't know that. It really is. <laughs> and for anybody who's been living under a... I don't know, a rock and doesn't know what Love and Scholar is. Um, it's an amazing fashion brand in Glasgow based on Great Western Road. And Rebecca will obviously be able to wax lyrical better than I about Love and Scholar and the beginnings of it. But I had been in uh, your beautiful store before, but I didn't, I don't know Rebecca, I've just met you, Rebecca. This is so exciting. Um, and we have mutual friends. Uh-huh. And when I was thinking about the podcast and the kind of people, I just I just got a good vibe from your social media. Oh, thank <laughs> I did. You. I did. It was just like, seems like the kind of people I'd like to hang about with. Thanks. <laughs> Talented people who make beautiful things. Thank you. Um, I guess my first question to you is, growing up, was fashion or design something that was in your world? How did you get into it? Um, I think it's something I've always been interested in. Mm. I think I've always been into sort of making side I've Uh always been kind of desperate to learn how to make things Mm -hmm. and figure out how things go together and all that kind of stuff Uh Um, and my mum is she worked in interiors so there's always been lots of like fabric samples and Ah, things like that kicking about so the first thing that I kind of sewed on my own was a patchwork out of like fabric samples that she had lying about Mm -hmm. she is cannot sew a button on, um, but she's got a good eye. She's a woman after my own heart. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, she's got a good eye. So can you remember the first thing that you ever like made even if it wasn't like something out of fabric like were you just always somebody who like liked making stuff like you know kids make stuff at school and I'm sure you probably made stuff where it was like it was a bit better than the average. <laughs> like, oh, I and what is this? Oh, it's a cat. Right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I remember my being off school sick for like a couple of days, okay. and my papa come over to look after me, and like my mum coming in from work, and like, oh, you've been up to? And I'd made like an Indian headdress. I've cut all the feathers and made the. <laughs> so I think I've always kind of been into. Well, you need to go back to school. You know that sick. I know. Um, so yeah, I've always kind of been into that, but I think I think of myself more as a maker than a designer. I think I like the whole process of kind of cool. making things and um, the whole kind of craft behind mm. it. Um, so I do. I've always kind of that's something I've always enjoyed. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, so I, st- I started off as a costume maker first of all, and then okay. kind of went into. Um, and how was that world? It was good. I really, I did really enjoy it. I did mm. it for about three years freelance, um, and it was really busy. And mm-hmm. I did really enjoy it, but I always kind of had this in the back of my head. Always yeah. sort of quite fancy doing this, and I just got to the point. I thought, well, what am I waiting for? I mean, so, did just... you go and study then after school? Like, how yeah, did you... so I had a few years kind of off, just working in between like uh-huh. school, and then when I was about twenty, I went to the conservatory. So I did three years there, okay. um, and then 
went straight into sort of freelancing. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was good fun. I, d- I did love it. I, d- I did really enjoy it. But I think I always sort of knew it wasn't for me yeah. long term. So yeah, I thought. I need to just go for it. I need to stop putting it off. Okay. <laughs> you were brave. Yeah. Because uh-huh. I think that's, I think when, you know, obviously you're doing something successfully and it's going well, you know, you could just keep doing that. Yeah. Because it's bringing in the money and it's nice work. And, but yeah. if you you obviously had, a, you know, a different goal. Yeah. You had something in your kind of sites you were like, no, I, you know, I could, I could keep doing this. It's going well. But actually what I want to be doing is that and you went after it yeah absolutely and I think as well with the theatre stuff like I've always been quite interested in sort of sustainability and making things that are sort of built to last and I think you know yourself with theatre that is like I know (laughs) the theatre is for like two weeks yeah I know and you're really restricted with like budgets Mm. and time and things like that so quite often you are you know running and picking up stuff in pre-mark and not that there's anything wrong with that but it's just no it's just that it's just a different world isn't it and it is quite a lot of it is quite disposable Mm. Um, so I think I was kind of interested in sort of you know working in slightly nicer fabrics and Mm. you know making things that are are built to last yeah yeah. Um, yeah I think that was that kind of was driving my decision a bit as well wow so then how was Love and Squalor created was it was it a a vision of like I'm going to have this beautiful space where I'm going to be making things or was it like I'm going to make them at home and (laughs) what was the first thing that you were going to do Um, to be honest it happened a lot quicker than I was expecting the Christmas before I opened here I did probably stupidly did two pantos took on two pantos at once so I was working at the Tron full time on their panto plus doing another one in my spare time and I was working (laughs) spare time time. I know (laughs) and it was I was working like 100 hours a week probably like it was crazy splitting yourself into yeah it was like crazy crazy busy and then but I knew that if I did both of them that I could have like I could afford to take like a month off cool. so it was during that time that I kind of started thinking about it and I'd kind of spoken to my boyfriend spoke to my mum uh-huh. had a chat about it and I was sort of saying like I was kind of on my mind mm-hmm. so I went to Business Gateway first of all and I kind of I didn't have like a set sort of time frame in my mind but I thought maybe by like November or something I could have something up and running so when I went for a chat at Business Gateway I kind of had my idea and originally I wanted to get the stuff manufactured locally I didn't want yeah. to be making it in mm. store but I had to chat with them and they said well, why don't you have a look around just at sort of property just to get an idea of what you can afford like how much things that are going to cost and all that kind of stuff so this is actually the first shop I came to view so I started Amazing. planning this kind of mid-January came to see this on the 1st of February and there was a closing date for it but it was just perfect location mm-hmm. it was affordable for where it is mm. it had a really big room at the back that I could work in. I had a window out to the front, so I thought I can sew in there, keep an eye on the shop, and it's got a huge basement as well. So I thought eventually I can, if I want to do classes and stuff like that, yeah. so I thought this lends it. And I thought if it all goes belly up, then I can, like, if I've got a basement, I can use this as a base for doing a uh, costume stuff again if yeah, I had yeah. to. So I thought this seems to tick every box. <laughs> So I thought, you know what, I'm going to put in the bid. And everyone was saying, like, you probably won't get it, but, you know, it's a good deadline. You need to get mm-hmm. your business plan together for it, all that. Put the bid in, see how you got on, and put the bid in, and I got it. So there was a wee kind of blind <laughs> no, panic. I know. It's real. <laughs> I know. Um, That's awesome, though. That it was just obviously meant to be. 
Yeah, hopefully. You're like chilling so. the streets of Glasgow looking for a space that just wasn't quite right. Like the first space you find, and it's just like spawn. I know, I know. So yeah, I was, I was really lucky to get here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, then I kind of had to move quite quickly. Mm. Um, so all this sort of legal stuff with taking on the lease. Obviously, that was all new to me as well. That, that's so, that's where I think the bravery comes in because that's yeah. where I I would be more like, oh no, this is too big and too adult, and oh my goodness, like ah, I know, I know, and <laughs> if you've never been in that world before, you've never had to consider anything like that. Before. Yeah, it's quite a big undertaking. I know. I know. My mum has had shops before, cool. um, so that was quite good. And we yeah. actually ended up, we both ended up getting taken on a shop at the same time this right. time around so she was opening a gift shop in the south side and i which ah. she just had for a short while and uh-huh. then um i opened here at the same time so it's quite nice kind of doing it well, that's cool nice as well. experience yeah. there then. so it was quite good having her to sort of bounce things off mm. as well like somebody you trust yeah absolutely yeah. but yeah so then i had to move pretty quickly and I still had some theatre contracts that I was working on as well so I was kind of trying to wrap up that side of stuff I know (laughs) Uh, and then get this place up and running so I started looking for manufacturers and things and then realised that within the time frame it was just it was going to be too tight to try and get um, find one that I really liked and that Mm. I really trusted and that would kind of just to go through the whole process was just going to be really really tight and I had no experience of going to a manufacturer mm-hmm. um, I didn't really know I mean I had no kind of ballpark figure for what I thought it would cost to get something manufactured yeah. but working in theatre I knew loads of seamstresses they were all freelance mm. people that I'd worked with people that I trusted so I thought well I could kind of cut out the middleman and I find people that I can pay them a decent wage and I can work with them mm. on a freelance basis and try and kind of get this together myself yeah. so that's what we did so I had a, a good friend who's now got um, Regine Denham yes she we've worked together also on oh, really? project yeah, we did a project last year oh nice and she made uh, some bunting for about uh, we worked together well not together but we'd worked at the same time at the, at the Tron oh, so nice. she'd be on Panto and I would be on the Wii show uh-huh. kind of thing so yeah so oh. I've, I literally just discovered on Instagram the joy of Instagram again and I was like oh she's doing that that's amazing yeah yeah she's doing really well so we had to work at the Tron Panto before that opened and that was the first time I'd met her first time I'd worked with her Um, so Siobhan was kind of in the back of my head when I was then thinking oh god I'm going to need to make all this stuff myself (laughs) Uh, so I gave Siobhan a shout so she for about six weeks she used to come to my flat pretty much every day and it was at at the time I lived in a tiny tiny like wee one bed flat Uh Um, and we were just so and so and so and trying to get all the stuff awesome. together um, so I had about I think by the time I finished all my kind of theatre work I had about six weeks mm-hmm. before it opened here so I got the keys for this place and I kind of finished all my work so I had six weeks to make all of this all the stuff and to get the shop looking wow. presentable so that was like 2017 then yep 2017 so it opened in May um, I so feel like you've been here longer than that. Like I feel as if it's like such an established name. Like it feels like you've been around oh, for longer than. No, I, I genuinely do. Though when I read that on your website, I was like, oh, 2017, really? I know. Yeah, you've I done know. so well. Like I mean, like you were saying, you know, it's a wonderful location. It's one thing being in a great area, but then it's another thing being a great brand. Yeah, in a great area, you know. Yeah, and it is. It's hard. It's it's kind of. Um, yeah, it's a lot of learning on the job. I There's bet. so much. I think 
it's kind of need to be a bit of a jack of all trades. There's so many <laughs> things that you need to um you don't really think of before you open. Like you kinda yeah, plan and plan and plan, but there's so many things that crop Until up. You're and, in it. Uh-huh. Um but I think that's like before it opened, for all it was quite rushed, I did have quite a um a set idea of what it was gonna be mm. and um obviously the like when you're starting out and you're studying you've got a million ideas for things you think you'd like to do uh-huh. and um but I think by the time it got to kind of actually properly planning it I did have quite a definite idea of what it was going to be and I think it has you have to have quite a quite a strong identity yes um and quite a sort of recognizable mm. brand before you can go ahead yeah. I, think I mean I found it, that with my dance troupe like uh-huh. over the years we're a 1940s 50s inspired troupe and over the years we've been asked to kind of touch on like could you do a wee 20s charleston or and i'm like no because mm-hmm. that is our brand like we are known as a 1940s 50s inspired troupe uh-huh. i don't want to deviate from that too much just yeah. for the money you yeah, know just to totally. get the job like that's who we are, that's how people know us, yeah. and that's how we've been able to go for 10 years, because yeah. people know who we are and what we do, and they know what to expect. Uh-huh. So for you, well, I guess we'll get to why it was called Love and Squalor, and, but the aesthetic, like the look of you, the clothing, I read that it was vintage workwear inspired. Yeah, um, I think it's, I, re- I was kind of, I didn't want it to be like twee mm-hmm. in any way. I think with sewing and word. yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think with a lot of sewing's kind of got a bit of a bad rep. I think it's changing, but I think it's sort of thought of as Blurry being patterns. yeah, exactly cupcakes and yeah. bows and all that kind of thing. And I wanted it to be have quite a bit of a stronger, um, hmm. yeah, quite sort of quite utilitarian, just quite simple, quite pared mm. back. And I wanted the look of the shop to sort of like that. Yes. So I wanted to go for quite a sort of industrial look. Mm-hmm. And I use a lot of like old furniture and like kind of dark walls and all that. I kind of wanted it to be quite kind of atmospheric and quite... Um, You've nailed that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, that was the most fun part, actually, setting up. was kind of decorating the shop and going to all the salvage yards and buying furniture yes, and like light fittings. Oh, no, I know. It was great fun. So, yeah. I'll just be opening shops to paint them. I wouldn't have anything to put in them. I know, I know. I'll just have shops to put nice things in. I know, it was great fun. Because it used to be an e-cigarette shop, so it looked pretty different. Was it now? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Um, so it was quite, it had a lord ceiling and yeah, LED lights everywhere. So. Gotcha. It's quite a lot to do. You've done an amazing job then. Thank <laughs> you. Um, so yeah, that was the kind of look I wanted to go for. And I was, mm. I wanted it to be, not to be age specific. I thought I wanted yeah. it to be that it's the type of thing that someone of my age would wear, but you could get a woman in their 70s Absolutely. wearing it. Um, and then on top of the stuff that we make, I knew that there was sort of set pieces that I wanted to get in as well um, to kind of complement it. Mm. So I just wanted it to be like wardrobe staple so I wanted like the fisherman swaps and the Breton tops and baskets and clogs and all those mm-hmm. kind of things that which just don't go out of fashion yeah absolutely like, I've literally been like wearing clogs from when I was about 12 yeah absolutely you know, me like, too ah, and like I, I just can't get enough of uh, a woven basket yeah, a bag <laughs> you know, I know. just classic style yeah Breton you know tops like you know, just never go out. Uh-huh. And they I mean, always look good. And like you say, on anyone of any age. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, and we've had quite a lot of male customers mm, as well. Um, so it's, it's nice. You've got the, the one, like the smocks, like the one garment and I've got, you know, my sister's got one and mm. we've got women and men in their 70s who've bought awesome. them as well. And it's nice that 
it suits them it's both universal. equally yeah. um, and it isn't going to date so that's kind of what I wanted it in the stuff that I designed as yeah. well I wanted it to be so did you start with a kind of capsule like so many pieces yeah. and then you know I guess you then learn what's popular and uh-huh. what then inspires the next yeah. lot, lot of kind of you know designs or whatever yeah um, so we don't kind of we do sort of change with the seasons but we don't do like this is our spring summer collection no. this is our autumn winter we just kind of it's just it kind of adds to it gradually really mm. it sort of depends well I guess it's the, the kind of clothing that you could layer yeah, up as well you absolutely. know you could wear the smock or you could wear you know what you're wearing today with a jumper underneath or uh-huh. tights you know so there's it's they're kind of universal for all year round yeah well. absolutely um, so yeah we're always kind of working on new bits and pieces mm. and adding to um, the collection and there's pieces that are sort of have become sort of staples and um, we'll kind of keep them in circulation maybe yeah. pick like two new fabrics each season or whatever and make them um, so that we're, we're always we're always working um, and always making things so there is sort of new bits in the shop yeah. all the time um, and I think the nice thing about being like a small business is you can change quite quickly I mean you can if it's you know a nice weather forecast you can make up a summer dress or, um, no, you can make up a summer dress Rebecca <laughs> <laughs> you've got the skills <laughs> and the know-how and the imagination oh. me making up a summer dress <laughs> Um, but no, that's the nice that's part amazing. about it. It keeps it fresh. Yes. And, you know, where you can see like really nice fabric, and you just think, oh, like, oh, I'm so jealous that you can just do that. That's so cool. <laughs> um, so, and I'm it's nice. I know, I know. It's good fun. Uh, it's good. Yeah. It's yeah, a lot of work, but it's good oh, fun. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm being facetious in that sense. Like I can imagine that it is tons of work. You know, you have to keep. I guess you just never stop thinking about. Yeah, work. I know, I know, but it's you need to love it to keep going. Of I do, course, I do. Yeah, love you're very it. passionate about what yeah. you do, and you care. And like you were saying about the sustainability and using fabrics that you know, and and making sure that you're not, it's it's not kind of disposable uh-huh. fashion because I think that is a big concern these days. Yeah. And I know there's been lots of documentaries and pieces written about that kind of thing, and it's something we we have to consider that we're not yeah. fast fashion. Yeah, absolutely. And and supporting local businesses and, yeah. and you know individual makers who have put time and effort and passion into to each and every single piece that you yeah, make you know absolutely. like it's nice to know who's made your clothes yeah I know I think that is really nice and I think I mean I've you know I've shopped in the high street before oh, yeah. I think and I've, I'm sure I will again yeah. but I think for a lot of people that are kind of interested in that and I kind of are more conscious of where the clothes are coming from and where they're being made there aren't a huge amount of options out there for them especially um face to face like there's a few online companies mm-hmm. um but it is it's nice to kind of give them the option and to kind Absolutely. of have good stable pieces that aren't extortionate no. um that people can come in have a chat actually physically see it being made I mean, um, it's like the whole experience it's yeah. just it's quite special yeah and that's something growing up i've always loved sort of small shops and mm-hmm. um independence and things like that and i like the whole experience of going bit, to a small yeah, shop of course. Um, and that's something that i did kind of want to it must be really create. nice when you see people walking about wearing your yeah your clothes you're like i need that I know it's nice it is, it's lovely um, and it's <laughs> nice to be too but like excuse me I made that I know I know um, and it's nice how many people have met through the shop as yeah well, of course how many friends have made through it and um, well that is the joy of being creative the yeah. people that you get to meet through being creative yeah. because 
you know other creatives as well like you were you were discussing Eleanor but you know Siobhan and getting her on boards initially and, and the people you meet you know and we've we've met today which is lovely but also just people who appreciate uh-huh. other people being creative like maybe they are not in, in the position to be in a job where they are getting to make stuff you know uh-huh. or being creative or use their imagination much but but there's a lot of people out there that really support and are all for creators and and you know so you're meeting people every day that just think you are wonderful and what you're doing is great that must be lovely <laughs> yes so love and scholar the name yeah it is it's a book of jd salinger short mm-hmm. stories called four eyes me with love and scholar and it's one of my favorite books um, my dad is one of his favorite writers and my brother cool, right. um, oh, yeah. so i've just always loved the book and i always thought that Love and Scholar would be a good brand name. And I've actually found, like, kind of going through papers and sketchbooks and stuff from when I was, like, 17, 18, I found loads of, uh, like, scribbles and, like, drawings of, like, a sign and things really? like that saying Love and Scholar. Um, oh, so cool. it's always kind of been in the back of my head that that's what, it, yeah. if I had anything, that's what it would be called. That's lovely. Um, although, like, you get some people kind of come in and be like, what is it? Like, oh, like, I was buying furniture for this shop mm-hmm. and, um, the guy was taking the um, like business name to deliver it and stuff, and he's like, "Right, what's your shop called?" And I was like, "It's Love and Scholar." And he's like, "Eh, who does that sell?" I was like, "Oh man, nothing. Eh, I've seen this just." <laughs> so I had a wee wobble I about people's minds. Go. I know. So I had a wee wobble about the name just about Not two weeks before it but I do, I do love it, yeah. and quite a few people have kind of have come in and love the book as well, and have had yeah, a chat about cool. that and That's stuff, nice. which is nice. So yeah, I was. So yeah, yeah always that, that was that was, that was a set that was pretty much yeah, yeah. from the get go. The name was was set. I like how you've got the um, the front cover of the the book upstairs as well. Yeah, that Same was a gift from my dad actually. Oh, what yeah, is it? That's he, really nice. um, and I got me a wee mini one from my house as well. So Amazing. I got that in the house, which is nice. Amazing. So uh, you you touched on um, collaborating with other people and obviously um, meeting other people that are are supportive of making. I noticed that you now offer workshops. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's great. I started it. We did a couple um, just to make uh, your own stocking just before Christmas. Cool. Um, and I really, really enjoyed them. I was quite mm. nervous about doing it. I've never like taught before. Um, because that's a whole other yeah, thing in itself, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I was a wee bit apprehensive about it. I wasn't sure how it would work and mm. even just work in the space and all that. Um, but I've really, really enjoyed doing it. It's just, yeah. it's, and it's been really nice. I've had quite a lot of people that have maybe been customers for a wee while. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've maybe had like a week and a quick chat, but you don't know them that well. So uh-huh. it's nice that they kind of come along and you get yeah. to know them a bit better as well. Um, so we've kind of, it's, that's really taken off this year. We've done oh, yeah. quite a lot of, um, of them are up to probably doing about like two a week now. So what do you get to make now? there's loads of different ones so they're all sort of to make a garment so they're okay. quite short I kind of wanted them to be to design them so that you're you make a garment and you like within quite a short space of time okay. so I think if you're learning to sew you can get kind of put off by thinking it's really complicated mm-hmm. and that it's going to take you years and years and years to make a garment mm-hmm. but I think if you kind of I think I've try to design the pieces so that they're quite simple okay. but they are really wearable yeah. um, you wouldn't necessarily look at them and think god that's dead easy to make um that is the dream yeah <laughs> so i'm sitting here going hmm, how many hours would you have in a workshop with me <laughs> 
everybody so far has left with a guy with that so, oh, that's like, awesome yeah so there's one to make a bread on top and to do a skirt which are um, from cutting out to finishing is three hours cool. um, and then there's kind of longer ones as well um, which are like two two hour sessions right. um, so there's like a dress dungarees or trousers amazing um, and everybody so far that's been such a confidence boost for some people yeah. do you know what I mean because like a lot of people don't get the opportunity to make like after school you know home ec or whatever yeah. you know like and to make your own piece of clothing and that, people must be just leaving on cloud nine like. yeah and it's nice I've seen loads of people coming in wearing what oh, they've made as well cool. um, and even like the samples of them I wear them all the time uh-huh. they are really kind of easy things to wear um, and you get like a choice of fabrics as well on the night so you can kind of Tailor it to your sort of style and your taste That's as well. Really cool. um, but yeah, I've really, really enjoyed doing them. It's, it's so nice for nice. you to branch out and do something a bit different than yeah. you know, every day because obviously you'll just be a to do list all the time for you. So yeah. it's nice to probably have a bit more interaction, a bit of chat, and then yeah. you know, like expand your skills in terms of like teaching as well. Uh-huh, I really enjoy it. Like I kind of go home in a bit of a high after it. It's just it's a really nice atmosphere. Yeah, nice you're obviously kind of... a people person, so you know you're meeting people in the shop all, all the time. But to have that m- bit more intimate time with a group, and yeah, just see them kind of learn it. It's you know you never stop learning as yeah, an adult. Absolutely. You know, um, no, I've really really enjoyed it. Oh, that's it's been, great. It's been good fun. So um, it's been nice doing that this year. Yeah. As well. So what would you say? is next for Love and Scholar. I guess you've always got something in the back burner. You're like, I'd quite like to do that. <laughs> um, I'm always kind of thinking of new ideas mm-hmm. um, and things that I'd like to do, but I don't have a sort of grand plan and I don't, I quite like that it's on quite a small scale. I don't mm-hmm. think this model necessarily works on a much bigger scale. I like that it's sort of personal and... Yeah. Um, that I've got a sort and of one-on-one one isn't doesn't necessarily mean better. Yeah, um, so I don't have kind of huge plans to kind of grow it, but mm-hmm. I, within like what we've got set up just now, I think I would maybe I'd like to expand the kind of the sort of teaching side of okay, it. I cool. think and maybe start doing more workshops mm-hmm. and maybe do like sort of an open studio um, where people can kind of come in and just like pay by the hour and come in and use the machine, use the cutting table, ah. um, and just sort of expand that side of it. Um, like a loving scholar community. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, doing the classes, I think you've realised that like quite often people are sort of desperate to learn to sew, but don't necessarily want to, you know, have to have the expense buying a sewing machine yeah. or an overlock or uh-huh. up front, and they want to just kind of have a bit of a play and mm. have a bit of fun with it and see if they enjoy it before they sort of commit yeah. um, so I think maybe something like that yeah I've always got sort of ideas in the back burner <laughs> but just so, scribbling down yeah, lots of ideas all the time and I know so they don't always all come to fruition but they um, it's nice just to be dreaming up things because you just never know what you're going to land on yeah. when you were scribbling love and scholar when you were you, you probably could never imagined that you were going to have a shop and you know, have your own fashion brand and I know. have all these interactions and lovely experiences with people, you know, it's just... Yeah, I know, I know, it has cre- been cre- that. The creative juices flowing. Yeah, exactly, I know, it's <laughs> been a great experience. So, if you were to give advice to your younger self, uh-huh. what would it be in terms of your business, in terms of what you've landed soon, would there be something that you would say... Um, to your younger self in hindsight of what you know what you've achieved so far in your journey 
I think I would say probably just to trust your instincts. I think whenever you're, I think you know this. So I think everybody's kind of, if you say you've kind of you've got an idea or you you've got a kind of business idea, or this is the route you're heading down. Everybody and the granny has got advice for you. Everybody's yeah. going to say, "Oh, I think you should do this, and I think you should go that way." Mm-hmm. And if you listen to everybody, you'd never get anywhere. And I think Very you true. need to just kind of trust your own kind of instincts and mm-hmm. go with your gut feeling on things. Have you always been like that? Have you always had that way about you when you were growing up? Where you always just Rebecca just knows who she is and what she's going to do. Um, I think so. Not, not the kind of most. I was always quite shy and things like that, really? but I think um, uh, I was always quite, um, yeah, I think I was always kind of knew who I was. Yeah, and quietly um, confident. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think with opening the shop, obviously you're putting, it's a big gamble and you are putting a lot of yourself out there and mm. it's your designs and it's, you know, your space that you've created and even with the workshops, you're kind of, it's an element of performance on it of being course. the teacher and kind of 100%, holding, yeah. the, um, holding the fort. So <laughs> yeah, so I think it does, Test your confidence mm. at times, definitely. And there have been times, moments where you think, God, am I doing the right thing? Or mm-hmm. should I do this or should I do that? Um, but I think you just need to kind of go with your gut and just trust your instincts. Um, so I think that would be my advice to anybody opening. Well, it's worked up. out so far. <laughs> I think it's perfect advice to anybody. <laughs> Listening to yourself. It's quite clear that you're passionate about what you do. Because the whole time you've just been like smiling, like grinning from ear to ear talking about <laughs> like, you know, what you do. It's, it's, it's evident that you've found your 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 space to be in and, and what you're doing. Yeah, I do love it. Um, yeah, I do. I really, really, I'm so glad I did it. I mean, mm-hmm. there are times where it is, it is really tough. Yeah, of course. Um, and now I've got, I'm very lucky that I've got a full-time member of staff. Um, who, and she is a total dream. Uh, I found the perfect fit. That, that's that must be such a good thing because you know, like it's your baby, like you were uh-huh. saying, and you're you're letting someone else into that. Yeah, I mean, being like having the dance troupe that I've got, those girls, I just knew who I wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. And the thought of letting anybody else into that was just like whoa that's really scary it is it is it's hard to find that kind uh-huh. of right person especially in here like we kind of work one-on-one mm-hmm. like all day every day I probably spend more time with Gloria than I do with my boyfriend <laughs> but I mean love together um but so it's the joy ha- of running your own business <laughs> I know I know um but I think with that as well like there's you do feel dead responsible. I think being somebody's mm. employer, especially now that like she's full time, and you know, that's her livelihood. And yeah. so I think that it is that is a big responsibility. And you do kind of must be a bit like being a parent. You do feel kind of responsible uh-huh. for them, and you think right, yeah. you know, my decisions are going to impact this person and their livelihood as well. But it's so nice to have. Well, obviously, if you've got that really tight relationship, then uh-huh. another person to run ideas past yeah, like absolutely. feel that you can trust them to say listen I'm thinking about this and get their input you know it's, it's obviously the buck stops with you it's your your yeah. company and essentially it's going to be you that makes the final decision on stuff but if you've just got someone else there that's totally behind you totally behind the brand yeah then you can go actually you know sound some stuff out yeah it's, absolutely it's nice. and, and somebody gets it because they're in it yeah it's different outsiders looking in and, and sometimes that advice is really valuable as well because if you're in it sometimes it's hard to, to 
Yeah. You know, to take a step back from it, but yeah, also equally having somebody that's in the industry and understands the day-to-day running of Love & Squalor must be really nice to then go, actually, your advice is, or your input's like so important to me, yeah, so valuable. I know, I know, and I do totally trust mm. her sort of, her judgement on it. And, I mean, she's been here from more or less the start. I kind of uh-huh. opened and realised after a few weeks that I kind of couldn't keep up the run of the shop and doing all the making myself. Spinning uh, all the plates. Yeah. <laughs> it was, get, the shop was looking a bit bare. <laughs> there were no more hours left in the day. Um, so Wait, I no, you can't buy anything, sorry. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I know, you're kind of be, you know, obviously really tough, somebody's coming in and buying something, but you're, you know, you're like, like, I know, you're like, I'll oh, put it back. <laughs> that rail's like not awful empty. Could you come back for it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sort of realised quite early on that I needed somebody, so I was thinking of maybe getting someone in mm. um, from like a college or uni, like get them to recommend somebody, because um, it was kind of heading into the summer, mm. and I thought it'd be great for somebody to have paid work all summer mm. um, and gain a bit of experience, and obviously for me it'd be great to have another maker, um, and then just, I was kind of planning on emailing around all the kind of colleges and unions and things, and then... Gloria just popped in and we got chatting and like you say you've just kind of got a good feeling about somebody trusting your gut again Uh and I thought no she's quite like the uh, sound of her so she came on board for that summer and she was just amazing and her last she did her last year at uni and used to come up and do Mm -hmm. like a Saturday with us and then now she's been full time for a year here awesome Um, so yes, and it's been great having. It has been great having. That's an achievement in itself for you. Yeah, you know, in such a short period of time, you've been able to open the shop and create all this, you know, wonderful clothing and 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 the buzz about it and people know about it. But then also to take on a full time member of staff, that's massive. Yeah, yeah, and to you know, nice that's, that's design a... and mm. manufacturing job in Scotland. Because there's so many wonderful. people that study here and so much talent here, but there isn't necessarily um, a lot of work going yes. there. This sort of area so it's nice to kind of have provided a yeah that's, that's fantastic position. what makes love and squalor bro and what makes love and squalor brave um just your your definition of those words i think it's brave because i don't really know any other shops like this i know obviously loads of people who are design and make and have their mm-hmm. own range and lots of people with their own shop but I don't necessarily know people that do it all under one roof um, and then with the sort of teaching element as well and there aren't actually that many independent clothes shops no, in Glasgow, no, there are no, very very few right. um, so I think that is quite brave uh, definitely and yeah, bro, I don't know <laughs> um, I think aesthetics are obviously tied yes. up with everything that we do mm. Yeah, it's kind of tied into everything, and uh, obviously it is a kind of design shop. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do quite like. I mean, I am the messiest person on the planet. Really? I am so untidy. You and... would not know that. From this <laughs> beautiful job. Um, Even down here in the basement, which is like just super cool. I don't think I've ever been in a basement. I'm just feeling very cool. Like this is not even messy. So you must, you must be hiding that at home or something. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I quite like the the like the studio. Is it's a working studio yeah. and it is people like our fit rooms in the studios people are in and out and things like that and I do quite like that it's real it's you know yes. there is sometimes mess as a cup of tea <laughs> sitting and chocolate biscuits and all the rest of it but it's it's real and it's 
it's kind of all there yeah, to be seen. Yeah, it's not smoke and mirrors. Like, yeah, it, totally. It, it, it's, this is the Welcome happens. to yeah. the hub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I suppose that's all sort of tied into the look of it as well. It's not kind of all yeah, swept under nice the carpet. Yeah, I think it's like to see like, behind the scenes, like even coming in today, you know, and I was standing in where the machines are, I'm like, this is just cool. This is like a totally alien world to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've never, well, I have probably made something in my life, but I don't know how good it was. It was probably home economics. I think I made a stocking, actually. Oh, really? Like, I, I don't know where it's went. <laughs> Obviously, whoever received it's been, like, tucked it away somewhere. But no, it was just like, that. it's nice to be in the space where things have you know, being created. Yeah, I think so. There's that energy I, about that, so, you know. Yeah, because when I first opened and people were kind of coming through to the fitting room, you're like, oh, I'm really, really sorry about the mess and you're kind of really apologetic <laughs> and they're like, no, no, it's like, it's nice to see and now in hindsight, I'm really glad that I didn't go down the manufacturing route, that it is all based yeah. here, that people can see it being Yeah, made. as much work as that is for you, yeah. that's another unique selling point. Uh-huh, and I think I would really miss it if I, I didn't bet, do that. Because um, you said from the get-go, you're a maker. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of would have probably worked on like samples and doing the patterns and things like that, but wouldn't have kind of done the manufacturing. But I actually, I really, really enjoy it. And even making, I kind of thought I would get quite bored making big batches of things. You know, it's like in mm. theatre, you're kind of tend to be making one-offs and um, you're not making like repeats of the uh-huh. same thing. Yeah. Um, but actually there's something quite therapeutic about that, kind of right. having having a huge batch and kind of, just working your way through mm. there's something quite nice about that um but yeah I, I like that the studio is sort of visible and that um there is that interaction people can Definitely. actually see it kind of in no, the it's, it's pretty special in, in, in that sense that you know people are getting a, a whole experience yeah. when they're buying something to wear yeah and i'm dead nosy i love seeing other people's studios uh-huh. um like i've done classes and this is why i do this podcast because i'm just a generally yeah. <laughs> i just get invited into nice spaces like this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might have been always just start a podcast. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this, Rebecca. No, We're moving on to what we call the thing in Bob Round, uh-huh. and I have selected some questions just for you. Okay, I add <laughs> add to the list as we go, kind of thing. People have given me some ideas for interesting questions. But these are the ones that I've selected for you, having not known you. Ah. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, what do I want to know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so my first question would be, if you could read the costume department of any film ever, oh, that's a tough one. which film would it be? I wrote that question for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what would it be? Mm. The first one that popped into my head was, I don't know if you've seen it, is Brooklyn. It came out a couple of years ago. It's an Irish... What do you think I have? Uh, oh, it's good. It's, right. it's set in the 50s and it's a girl... She's an Irish girl and she gets a job in New York. So right. I should travel over and she gets a job in a department store in New York. Oh, this um, sounds like right on my street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she kind of... She sort of uh, is exposed to all these new kind of fashions and um, sees all the people coming and going in the department store and things like that. Um, mm. And her wardrobe in that is fab. Uh, so I love that one. I do like a lot of sort of style in a lot of Woody Allen films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that kind of quite sort of preppy. I like a lot of like Diane Keaton style. Yes. kind of quite yeah, androgynous. She is actually a style icon actually yeah. she's just very cool yeah absolutely yeah. I can see her wearing Love and Squalor 
That would be the ultimate compliment. <laughs> really though, you would, wouldn't you? You could just see her. Yeah. Well, I, I, could, I could see that actually. That would be nice. Let's make that ham. I know. Make that ham. Um, so yeah, I think I, I do. I, um, I do tend to be kind of drawn to sort of vintage stuff. So probably mm. a lot of kind of 50s stuff. Um, but yeah, a lot of Diane Keaton's wardrobe would be, if I could read hers, that would be yeah, fab. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> uh, best gift you've ever been given? Oh, do you know, actually, when I was my ninth birthday, we used to move house a lot when we were kids. My mum kind of would do up places and we'd move. We had this one flat and off the living room, there was like a big kind of walk-in cupboard. Uh And for my ninth birthday... I was terrible that I could never sleep on my birthday and I remember going to sleep and I I was trying to go to sleep and hearing all this kind of banging and moving things about and all that and um, I woke up in the morning, opened my presents and my mum was like, oh, like, um, come on into the other room and I'll get your card. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, what's going on? And took me through, went into the cupboard and they'd done it up as a wee art room for me. Oh my um, goodness. They painted it, stained the floor and everything and they, there was a pin board and my card was on the oh pin board. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry, that's I amazing. Know, it was fab. Um, and they oh. put a wee desk in it and shelves. And, um, that's awesome. I know, it was fab. Um, nice. That's I know. just lovely. <laughs> so I think that is my best that present is I've ever received. That is a decent present. I know. <laughs> a cupboard. She's <laughs> <laughs> uh, easily pleased. I know. <laughs> That's so cool. I know. Oh my goodness. Finish this sentence. When I was wee, I... Uh, I was desperate for long hair. I had really, really short hair until I was about six. It just wouldn't grow any longer. Um, So I was like a wee boy. I used to get mistaken for a wee boy all the time. And every Christmas I would ask Santa for a ponytail. So I was desperate for long hair. You've got lovely looks. Thanks. (laughs) Lovely long looks now. Took its time, but I got it now. (laughs) so cool. Is it a house coat or a dressing gown? A dressing gown. Is it? It is. Right. What would you say? House coat. Oh. That's because I'm from Belsilver. Current obsession? Current obsession. Not very cool. And knitting. I've just... Uh, hello. That is cool. <laughs> I've never, never, never known how to knit. Um, no one like, that I knew knitted. So I didn't really mm. have anyone to teach me. And... Uh, I went to a class last year cool. um, just before Christmas and mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, I'm extremely slow. <laughs> so I started a jumper in January and if I could get it for winter 2020, I'd be chuffed. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's good yeah, fun. it must be quite nice to find other ways of making. <laughs> yeah, because um, I've always kind of made all sorts of things, whereas I think with the shop it is kind of all consuming you do mm. end up just sewing from uh-huh. all over so it's nice to have other so we things. can see love and school are willy hats in the future then <laughs> <Possibly. laughs> yeah i can't knit or sew to save myself i remember being on a night out years ago wearing a pencil skirt but um, i was the designated driver and i got out the car and i just said and uh, like you know the pencil skirt was literally opened to like my bum <laughs> and uh, I was like oh no I'm not going home so we went into the club and went into the toilets and the lady that was in the toilets with you know with the deodorant and whatever I was like do you have like a needle and thread and she was like ah oh, and she gave me it and I went into the toilet and I, I sewed it up and I came home and my mum was up when uh-huh. I came in and she was like Lisa and <laughs> like, <laughs> like chewed it <laughs> and I was like well like nobody's going to notice mum and she was like 
you could have done a better job than I just sewn it from like the, I hadn't even turned inside oh, out really? it's like Frankenstein <laughs> I was like oh well it did the trick I held it until could, you got home dance all night yeah. with my pencil skirt up around my waist <laughs> so yeah if you could be a fly on the wall in any room at any point in time where would and when would it be oh that's a good one <laughs> Um. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I, I'm a big fan of a Ozzy Clark, who is he's my all-time favourite designer. Mm-hmm. Sort of big in kind of mid, kind of big in mid sixties, sort okay. of mid seventies. Right. Um, his wife was she designed all the Sue Brightwell. She designed all the prints, and he designed the clothes. Um, and supposedly he was just amazing. Like, like the way he kind of cut clothes was uh-huh. just incredible um so i think if i could have seen him at work at his best mm. then i would have loved uh, oh, that's cool. i would have loved to see him working away yeah. um so yeah probably overseeing him that would be good that's nice i like that or in any room with marlon brando <laughs> cool <laughs> seeing him at his peak mm. that, that would be yeah they're very good ones i like that you can have two that's thanks <laughs> It's <laughs> your podcast. And I ask everyone this: What is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? Scunnered. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Nothing. There's no other word that just kind of gets that. Said that yet. There's nothing that gets that kind of feeling across. I don't think scunnered is just it's a good word. Mm. Or stota. Stota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but scunnered I think it just sort of how would you use stoter or that that's a stoter uh, or is someone a stoter stoter is just like something that's like say if you've got a really sort of flamboyant like shirt or you see something that's like just really really good you mm. just a stoter aye that's how I would use it or if you like fell and you had a big bruise <laughs> or something you're like oh that's a stoter yeah. <laughs> that's so true <laughs> uh, yeah Stoter and scunnered. Scunnered, yeah. Yeah. Although scunnered does not, definitely doesn't sum you up, Rebecca. <laughs> I'm sure I'm You're the least scunnered person. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm sure at times, yeah, <laughs> you're, you're allowed to be scunnered at times. I know, I certainly am scunnered at times. But, uh, yeah. I think definitely a stoter sums up love and scholar. Stoter. <laughs> of a brand. And I'm delighted to have met you and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm all, um, honoured that you've asked me that's very kind absolute pleasure <laughs> the joy of Instagram and having all these creative pals up who have got creative pals yeah, <laughs> thank you so much no not at all it's lovely to have you thank you <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Brawn the Brave a podcast about people and their passions join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests bye for now